It's your boy, B-Hoop Travels. Thanks for tuning in once again to podcast number five of season number two. Uh, We've come quite some time. This is probably the 10th month that I've been doing uh, podcasting, travel podcasting rather. And like I said before, I'm, I'm definitely having a blast. And I thank everybody for following me and tuning in and Again, I'm I'm internally grateful for the support that I've received as it pertains to the podcast. So today's podcast, I'm trying out different formats, trying different ways to approach doing podcasts to to give a sense of variety so that you don't feel like you're kind of tuning into the same thing. So we've had some really cool interviews with some really phenomenal folks about their experiences abroad and other subtopics as it relates to traveling abroad. And then I've talked about racism in the previous or my experience with racism in my travels over the past 20 years. So I, so again, what I'm saying is that I'm trying out different, <coughs> excuse me, different topics, subject matter, and maybe a little bit of a different way of doing things so that we can have more of a varied experience here at BeHoopTravels.com. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to deviate too far from what I was trying to say a few moments ago. But yeah, today's topic is really about something that happened to my wife and I. Well, we almost died. We were in a near-death experience. I know it sounds a little melodramatic, and it's kind of the thing people say uh, to make a story sound more interesting. But I kid you not, I'm not being hyperbolic at all. Uh, But I wanted to talk about our experiences on a boat in the Caribbean Headed to La Las Islas Rosarios, which is an archipelago, and I get some. I'm, my wife actually gives me some crap about. I think she thinks that I'm saying the word archipelago incorrectly, but <clears throat> La Islas del Rosario are a chain of islands, a whole gang of islands that are about an hour away by boat from Cartagena. So she and I were in Cartagena in November. I think the end of November last year we were in Cartagena. Haven't really done much podcasting or any travel writing about our experiences there. Uh, But to put it in short, we were a bit underwhelmed with Cartagena for a variety of reasons. We managed to have a spectacular time and it's not some place that we hate But we were both collectively underwhelmed with Cartagena. I can get all into that in the podcast that I'll do about my my review of our experience in Cartagena. But while we were in Cartagena, we did a whole host of touristy things, which is the rule when you're on vacation. And we are big beach people. Big, big, big beach people. We love a beach. And prior to going to Cartagena, I remember reading that the beaches there weren't regarded as stellar, which I found to be a bit surprising given given its location 
and its proximity to the Caribbean. Uh, I was a bit shocked to hear that the beaches weren't so great. So we get to Cartagena and our property, we stayed in a building. We did the Airbnb thing. It was a great property. It was a brand new building. It seems like the only people who resided in the building were Airbnb folks. I, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I, I imagine there were probably about a hundred and so apartments. The building was, there are parts of the building that were still being constructed and it was right there on the water. So we stayed in the suburbs, like in a suburban area, right by the airport. It was pretty dope because we could go to the rooftop pool and look over at the airport and we could look at the the runway so we could constantly watch planes we actually saw the planes land. We didn't see them take off. So we were on the side of the airport where planes land. So it, it was quite entertaining and relaxing to sit there on the rooftop deck in the rooftop pool area and watch the planes land. So we were very close to the airport, which is very close to the beach. At the same the airport is very close to the beach. And... We went to the beach one day and everything that we read, that's the beauty of these reviews. I know a lot of times we're a little untrusting of the things that we come across in these reviews. And we believe that there's a certain kind of person that writes and reviews. And I've noticed over the years, it seems like the reviews about a place or a service or an experience, whatever it may be, seem to ring much more accurately than they have in the past. So I think people, either there's a larger sample size of folks that are participating in surveys and yelping and leaving comments or people are just becoming more honest. I don't know. But before you used to think that really super angry people left reviews and really satisfied people left reviews. So you've got these kind of extreme responses to their satisfaction regarding a place or a service or thing, whatever, whatever the case may be. So it's exactly what people said. So the beach by our place there there were sand gnats first of all so that's so unsexy nobody wants to be on the beach and you're swatting what seems like mosquitoes <laughs> and you're itching and you're swatting not a good look not a good look at all there were a lot of dogs uh a lot of homeless dogs a lot of neighborhood dogs just kind of chilling on the beach. There, oh, and because there were dogs, there's a lot of poop on the beach too. So there's a lot of dog poop. A lot of vendors, people that were trying to sell you any and everything. And I don't want to make light of the fact that there are, there's a huge part of the economy there where people are trying to sell you any and everything sort of unofficially 
Like, I don't know if they like, you know, pay their taxes or they have like a license to the local municipality, but there's a whole lot of that going on, which I'll speak more extensively about in the review of Cartagena, but they are out there on the beach first thing in the morning. They have chairs, towels. There's one family that had a set of chairs and like a canopy and they would even cook for you. So you could theoretically hang out on the beach in their chairs and their canopy and their little spot on the beach and they would feed you dinner, lunch and dinner for I think it was something like $50 a day. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, Cartagena is pretty cheap. So anyway, the beach was whack. So it was not our kind of jam. It wasn't our jam. That really wasn't our scene. That's not what we, where we liked, the kind of beach we liked to hang out in. So we were on the search for an acceptable beach. The, the kind of beach where the water is a, an azure color, blue, you can see right through it, white beach sand, white, sorry, white sand beaches, excuse me. Um, you know, we're looking for the quintessential beach situation. Not too much to ask, I think, when you're on vacation in a tropical place. So we had gone out one day. To, and, and again, we had done some research so, research, so we were aware that there were places outside of Cartagena that we'd have to go to in order to get the kind of beach that we wanted. So the first day we had a, we got a taxi, Uber driver thing to take us to this grocery store, which was an experience of itself, which we later learned this particular grocery store is not the most respected grocery store. But we go to the grocery store anyway, and it was, it was quite an experience. It was definitely like a neighborhood grocery store, and the prices were cheaper. And there were signs everywhere explaining why the prices were cheaper, because it was a no-frills type of situation. So anyway, we had a driver. We go in. We, we Well, excuse me. Let me backtrack. We get out of the car. He actually had to go to the grocery store, too. So all three of us, my wife and I and the driver, are going into the grocery store. Well... On the way in, we get we get sort of bum rushed, okay, by people selling stuff, vendors, etc. People selling stuff in front of the the grocery store, which was called Ara A R A Ara, which apparently is a bird. So this one brother, this Afro Colombian guy rolls up on me and I think he feels like he's got the inside track. They know that we aren't Afro-Columbia. They know that we are tourists from someplace. So they immediately when they make that connection, they're jumping right on you like white on rice. So he bombards me with this book and he's telling me about all these different types of excursions we can have while we're in Cartagena and I am being gracious. I'm semi-entertaining him. But at the same time, I'm keeping it moving. So Stephanie and I are walking forward. We're not being mean and we're acting like we're a bit interested. 
And I surprise him because I tell him and what I'd like to think, <laughs> flawless Spanish, that we hadn't made up our mind about what excursions we would do. And if we made a decision, we would contact you or we would come find you, which was probably impossible because he just seemed like he was this roving salesperson who probably got commissions for the trips that he booked. Because like I said, it's it's a part, you know, tourism is the economic machine of the place and everybody sort of plays a role in that uh, the, the tourism economy in Cartagena. So anyway, he gives me a real stank look like I had said something about his mama. He was not very happy with us <laughs> when we walked off. But in the book, I, I saw that there's this really I mean, it caught my eye. It was a really gorgeous beach. And I remembered the name of it. Uh, they called it Luxury. And it was going to be in Las Islas Rosario. La, Las Islas Rosarios. So I tell my wife, hey, this is what we need to do. This is where we need to go. So we were like, we'll just, when, when the spirit hits us, we'll pick a day and we'll do a whole day beach trip. So fast forward to a couple of days, we decide, okay, today's going to be the day. So we were in the Get Some Money neighborhood, which is this sort of boho chic community, very artsy, gritty, a neighborhood that's experiencing some sort of urban renewal, lots of great wall art and street art. And I remember it was just so ridiculously hot. That's, yeah, that's one thing you need to know about Cartagena. We were there in November. This is the fall. Uh, now, you know, again, we're literally on the equator. And it was just insanely, offensively, oppressively uncomfortably hot the entire time even at night and i i can't really put into words what the humidity so you have the humidity coupled with the heat i mean i grew up in houston right it's all humidity all the time in the summer you didn't play outside during certain parts of the day just because it was so hot and humid you know, I've been to Florida in the summer. Like, I know what humidity or, or I thought what humid weather and high temperature, what that felt like. But this was a different this was a newfangled kind of heat and humidity combo that I didn't really know exists. So, yeah, so it could be kind of miserable. And this is February, folks. This is in July. This is in July. This is in June. This isn't the summer time. This is Thanksgiving, right around Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving. So, yeah, that was another discomforting or let me reword that. The the fact that it was so damn hot, it was so damn stifling also played a role in our experience, our impression. And I know that's not fair because, you know. It's the weather. It's just what it is. 
there. But yeah, it was. I'll think again about going anywhere in that region, um, especially during the official summertime months, because it was just insufferable. The, the, the kind of heat that we encountered. So anyway, we were really hot. I just remember being very hot and get some money. We were walking around and decided that, well, we, we ran across this booth. So if you're in, like I said, if you're in Cartagena, you are going to come across folks that are selling excursions and tours and <clears throat> that type of stuff. And there happened to be, it was a kind of bizarre. It was on this, pedestrian it's this actually this famous pedestrian street if you've ever done any research about Cartagena you're going to see this street with the umbrellas that the it's a narrow it's almost like a corridor but it's a street I don't think you can get cars down the street but it's very famous it's very picturesque the the top the the roof if you will because it's not an official roof because it's outside but they're all umbrellas covering it You've seen this photo. If you're an avid travel photo journalist person, you've seen this image numerous times. And they also have a similar image in San Juan. There are lots of similarities between San Juan and Cartagena uh, aesthetically. But anyway, we're on this street and it's a residential area. And I felt a little weird because this is where they tell tourists to go. But it's actually where people live. And you're literally rolling up into their private spaces. Like you're rolling up, you're looking inside their homes. You know, you could see what people were cooking. You could see people hanging out on the couch. You can see people doing the kind of things that typically people do in the privacy of their own home. But you, in this instance, they're random tourists just kind of gawking, which feels a little bit irresponsible. But anyway, at the end of the street, there's a hut, which inexplicably had a whole bunch of birds inside of it. There are all these birds inside of it, but there are two women working it and they're selling excursions. So they approach us and they tell us about their wonderful excursions and you know, they speak about their tours and trips and excursions in very glowing terms. So we are like, hey, let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just go ahead and do the damn thing. Let's just go ahead and book it. We're ready for some we're ready for the beach, for sure. So we pick up we pick a place because there are dozens of different resort day resort places that you can go in Las Islas Rosarios. We pick one. It was called Luxury, so you can't go wrong, right? You can't. You see the pictures. It's it's breathtaking. It's it's inviting. I mean, it was delicious. Like, I felt like I wanted to eat the picture. It's called luxury. So what what could go wrong? A place that looks like that. A place that looks like, you know, this this postcard-esque photo of a beach. And it's called luxury. What possibly could go wrong? Nothing, right? So we, we, we pay our money. We actually had to walk damn near a mile in this this sauna called Cartagena to pay to pay the lady that had like the cash register. They didn't have a cash register at the hut, so we had to walk to the place, which was more of a well it had AC, thank God, but it was a official place where you made payment and it gave you a receipt and stuff. 
So we got our receipt. So we were all set. So the next day we get up, we got our pool. Well, I shouldn't say pool, but it's normally the bag that we take to the pool. But we got our bag with all our outdoor beach stuff, you know, our book, uh, make sure we had our phones. We had our charger for the phone, our portable charger, because you don't want to go anywhere in the middle of the Caribbean without having your portable charger. And oh, yeah, we made sure that we had suntan lotion because I no longer subscribe to the theory that black people do not need suntan lotion. I learned the hard way. So we had to take so in Cartagena, the official area where boats that cart people out to these islands meets in a place called La Muele La Bogadita. So we took a cab there and that day there. So the La Muele de Bogadita is apparently close to some sort of naval academy and this particular day they were having a graduation so our driver who ended up being our driver really cool guy really cool dude he ended up being our driver for the the remainder of our stay so we would call him on demand which was pretty cool and very very helpful because uber uber's not really popping over there we did uber one time And then the other times that we attempted to do it, there were literally no, like not one car available in the entire city. So it was nice to have somebody on deck. And I I have his number too, so I should probably post his number info for folks that uh, might might be in need when they're in Cartagena. So we're at La Muele de Bogarita and it's, you know, this, this boating dock and there's all kind of chaos there people you know sort of ingress and egress people coming in coming out uh lots of beach bound people waiting to get their boat to take them to the rosario islands so we find where we're supposed to go we get registered and the boat i see the boat it didn't necessarily warrant concern at that moment and now that i think about it it should have but the boat was pretty small and then there wasn't a a deck so we had to step down into the boat and these are it was a small boat it was a speed boat and they put a bunch of us in there there must have been i don't know 30 people they made sure that we had a life jacket of course my life jacket did not fit. <laughs> I can never get these life jackets. They don't really make life jackets for big dudes or dudes with shoulders. So I, I have, you know, some pretty impressive shoulders. Uh, just just kidding. That was a joke. But I have some wide shoulders, some football shoulders, football player shoulders. And these things typically don't, they don't fit. People don't seem to keep life jackets for us. So I, I made it do what it do. So I put it across my chest and just kind of held it so in the event you know we capsized you know i was ready to i I was ready so we get in the boat 
And we have to, like I said, we have to step down. And, you know, when someone steps down into the boat, the boat rocks. So we had to wait for everybody to get on the boat. So the boat was sort of constantly rocking because people were getting into the boat. And we were off. Took maybe about 20 minutes to board. So we're off. And we pull away from Cartagena, from La Muele Bogarita. And it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. We're pulling away and you can see the landscape of Cartagena and what it may have looked like during the colonial times. But because this is sort of the colonial, there are two parts of Cartagena the, where the architecture is colonial. So it's all very old looking, very Spanish colonial, like something you would see in San Juan, Puerto Rico or Havana or Maybe Savannah, Georgia, or Charleston, South Carolina. There's definitely a similarity between the way that it looks. So we're pulling off, and it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous day. Sky's beautiful. Uh, well, not a cloud in the sky, actually. So it's sort of this blue sky. The sun's out. It's not too hot. It feels a little cooler in this area. Maybe it has something to do with the water. There are tons of boats out there. There are tons of people going to their respective islands. And we're excited. We're stoked. And, you know, we're sitting in the boat. We're talking. We're able to talk. We can hear one another. It's all good. So I'm like, well, it's not that bad. Now, what I forgot to mention is when we purchased the excursion, I made sure that I asked somebody about the ride. Something told me to ask about the ride. So I asked the lady and she's like, "Ah, it's you know, it's cool on the way there, you know. And then... On the return, it's just a little rough. All right. So I said, well, okay. I'm sure she's been on this ride before. Also, we didn't do, which, you know, hindsight's 2020. We should have done some research about these types of excursions, but we didn't. It just didn't occur occur to us to do it, but... We're on the boat. So we're on our way there. It takes about 45 minutes to get there. And it was a pleasant ride. It was actually, I I mean, I I love a good boat ride. And it was a pleasant boat ride. We get there. We disembark. And, and yo, we pulled up, right? And then there's a, a dock. And then the staff of the resort is standing on the dock. They're all in their uniforms, their black polos, and, you know, their khaki shorts, most of them are holding trays, which we later found out were drinks that they were going to give to us as we disembark. So we disembark. It was a little easier to disembark there because the deck was a lot more level with the boat. So we're able to get off the boat and we get on the, the dock and we walk toward the island. We have our drinks in our hands. We're marveling at this beach and, and we're looking at the water. The water's clear. And then what you discover, actually, is that on this particular island, there were several resorts. So they, these resorts, or they sell the land in these beachfront plots. And then uh, they create this resort kind of thing, right? So it's got chairs and... There's a place to get food and there's a restaurant. There wasn't any rooms. There weren't hotel rooms or places for people to sleep. So so it wasn't actually 
what I would consider to be resort. It wasn't that. But it did have the kind of resort beach thing going on. So we, we, we get there and they tell us, you know, that we can order drinks. And they had spectacular drinks. There, there was this lemonade. It made really, I think it goes down as the best lemonade I've ever had. And the bees thought so too, because every time we bought one, the bees would find their way to your cup. So you were swatting these bees away from your lemonade. And I can't even remember how many lemonades we purchased while we were there. And the sun was strong. The sun was strong. I mean, I. I think I burned permanently a part of my skin. I mean, I look at it now and I can see that it's it was dark when I left the island. And well, I was very dark when I left the island and I got my normal color back. But that particular every area did not return to its normal color. Yeah, but the sun was intense. The rays were very intense. Uh, We had a great seat, although I had to kind of fight with the 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 dog i guess it was the resident dog that lived there so he decided that he wanted to reside under my chair my beach chair and i don't know and i'm pretty sure it's because i was keeping the sun away from him so every time i would move the chair uh he would follow me to wherever i put the chair and just rest up under the chair so eventually i gave up and i just kind of let him hang out now he he did leave when he saw his master i presume walk by he started to follow him so anyway we're on this beach we're having a good time the only thing that was annoying again we thought we were safe from the super aggressive vendors and we were actually guaranteed that there would be wouldn't be any of that over there. Well, they lied because these folks were people that live on the island. And there's an Afro-Caribbean community there uh, that lives on this island. And, you know, they live hand to mouth. And they would come to you with live lobster that they had pulled out of the ocean that day and offer to make you some lobster. Uh, One lady did massages one lady, one guy was selling this like rum or it wasn't rum. It was some sort of it was an alcoholic drink and like a coconut or something. And they came by us. I mean, 20 times I had to get rude. I'm not and I'm not. A, I'm a I'm a nice guy. I'm like 98 percent like Care Bear, 2 percent thug. And. <laughs> And this lady, she just wouldn't leave us alone. We told her that we weren't interested in her massage. And somehow she thought that meant come back in five minutes. So she came back every five minutes. And I was like, look, and I said to her in Spanish, don't don't come back here. Just don't come back here. And it was a little uncomfortable for me, especially as a Afro descendant. And to know the history uh, and the experience of, of Afro descendants in Colombia. It was a little uncomfortable for me to see the way that they were in complete service to all of us. And I was reminded of that as they were literally just standing around, holding their lobster, holding the jewelry they had made, holding the coconut drink they had made. 
they were just kind of standing there looking at us, sort of waiting for one of us to motion over there. And then after a certain time, they were no longer, they were prohibited from coming over to where we were. Um, but they were just sort of standing there. And it was, it was, it was sad. I was a, it was uncomfortable. It was unsettling for me to, to see that because, you know, I know what I know and I have a certain personal awareness of, of what their experience is probably like and how whatever they earned that day would be possibly how they were able to eat that day or, you know, pay a bill. But like I said, you know, hand to mouth type of thing. So we're we're there, we're still hanging out, we're going out into the water, the water's blue. Now I didn't like that there was a lot of coral on the floor of the ocean. So you had to be careful when you walked out there. You could sort of jack up your feet. We met nice people, people from France, family a family from France, uh some Canadians. Canadians travel a lot. It always seems like you run into a Canadian. A lady from England who had just completed her her medical school. And I think she was about to study for her board. So she was taking a two-month vacation in South America. So it was nice being able to mingle with people from all over the world and throw back these super awesome, life-changing lemonades. It took them a while to get dinner, or excuse me, lunch ready, but they brought lunch over to us eventually. We take numerous naps while we're there. Uh, It's a nice day. It's a relaxing day overall, in spite of a few uh, inconveniences. Now, it's time to go. And the way that happened is they made an announcement that we needed to leave. And this is about three o'clock. And they were emphasizing that it was important that we leave at a particular time. None of that really struck me as odd or warranted any concern. So we get our stuff, we get on the boat. Stephanie and I are actually the first people on the boat. Uh, So we wanted to lock down a good seat on the boat. Everybody gets on the boat, takes about, I don't know, 15 minutes for people to get on the boat. I think we didn't have room for one person, so they had to get off the boat. So there are these kids, there are these kids that are driving the boat. They're standing up. There are two guys in the front. And, and the boat kind of, if you've been on a speedboat, you know, all the weight goes to the back. And the the front of the boat, which is sort of like pointy, uh, points up. So it's kind of lifted off the water a little bit. We were toward the back of the, well, we were actually sitting in the center of the boat. So we weren't <clears throat> in the front, which, you know, you would have kind of been up in the air, which would have really sucked um, <laughs> because the boat started to, as we start to speed away, it got very bumpy. And we're like, okay, you need to calm down. <laughs> Chill out with that now. And people are screaming, ah, ah, every time we slap the ocean. So in my mind, I'm thinking that, all right, he probably has to kind of, you know, adjust, make some adjustments to ensure we have a smoother trip. No, we enter into 50 minutes of terror. 
50 minutes of terror. The boat, we're going fast. I, I don't know how fast we're going, but it feels like we're going very fast. And the boat is just moving up and down. The front of the boat, like I said, which was kind of pointed up, starts slapping the water. And every time it slapped the water, you started to wonder if the water would rise over the boat as it kind of slapped down into the water. And it did that over and over and over again. <laughs> when I tell you we were scared, most people on the boat were spooked a bit, especially the people in the front. And people were still screaming. Uh, there were a couple of older women in the front that were still screaming. And, and these guys that are driving the boat, they're just unbothered. One guy's on the phone. The guy that was driving the boat actually was on his phone. The other two were standing in the back. I, I don't know how they were able to stand in the back without falling into the water. But the entire time, you're bracing yourself because you know there's a significant chance that this thing could capsize. We held hands, Stephanie and I did, and we tried to keep each other as calm as possible. I tried to tell her that everything was going to be okay. But in my mind, I'm starting to think about, well, what happens if this thing capsizes? Can we float to safety? How far can I actually swim? Where do I see any land? Because at this point, we were still pretty far away from Cartagena. I couldn't see Cartagena. <clears throat> there were no other islands around. So I'm like, well, what if, if we fall off? Like, where would we float to? We would just be sort of stuck out here in the Caribbean. And like I said, this goes on for 50, 50 minutes. There were really no times where it subsided. So the water, the boat, excuse me, is just constantly slapping. Water, some water is getting into the boat. I'm afraid to move because I'm afraid to move my body or stand up because I didn't want to lose my balance. And I felt like if I lost my balance, I'm falling into the water. So we're sitting there in our own panic and fear, praying for this to be over with. And the 50 minutes felt like 50 hours, to be frank with you. Finally, the boat pulls into the dock and I, I, I can see, I can start to see Cartagena. I can start to see the colonial buildings. <clears throat> I can see the uh, La Muelle de Bogarita. I can see that. We pull in. Uh, we're, we're totally unnerved at this point. Our nerves are shot. We're quiet. And all I could think about was just going back to our apartment. We had plans to go out to dinner that night, but I was like, nah. I'm pretty sure Stephanie will agree with me that we'll just go right back to the crib. As we pull into the dock, we don't really say anything to each other. I think we were just probably grateful 
and reveling in the fact that we made it somehow to our destination without capsizing. We get off the boat, which wasn't easy because, like I said, that there wasn't it wasn't a really good dock. It was a very big dock. It was very busy, but it was very difficult for people to get in and out of. I mean, you had to be in some pretty good physical shape to get on and off these boats. We get off the boat. We contact our driver. He picks us up. Takes us home. We get home and we just talk about how awful that experience was and what types of thoughts were going on in our mind. And we take a nap. I don't know what else to do in a situation. Only thing I can think of to do after something like that happens is to take a nap and get something to eat. Excuse me, I'm yelling. Well, when I wake up, something tells me to hop on my phone and to research this. And lo and behold, (laughs) I'm reading review after review after review of people who were scared for their lives and how they wished they had been warned or someone had been honest about what it was like. They reported the same because I thought maybe the conditions for that day were particularly bad. No, 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 that wasn't the case. Apparently, the waters coming into Cartagena are notoriously rough that even pirates in like the 1500s, pirates and seamen, yeah, I said seamen, would avoid coming in from that way because the waters were so rough. Like this is something that's been going on for like 500 years. So this isn't just one isolated deal. This kind of thing happens all the time. Then (laughs) I read further. There's an article in O Magazine where this woman talked about what it was like when her life flashed in front of her eyes. And she used her experience on one of these boats in Cartagena to talk about the things that flashed across her mind when she thought she was going to die. Then there's an episode of the Real Housewives of New York where, so we're talking about these very wealthy, well-heeled women who take these extravagant vacations. Uh, And especially on the show, you know, they do it in their private life, but also in the show, they had gone to Cartagena And they had done the same thing we did. And on the way back, they experienced the same thing we did. Apparently, it was worse. I saw clips of the episode. It was called The Boat Ride from Hell. And the crew reported that the ship, the anchor, the the water was so rough that it knocked down the anchor and caused the ship to tilt to the right. So they had to endure these treacherous waters with the anchor hanging out of the boat and pulling the boat to the right. And you can see the pandemonium on the boat there. The women are scared and panicked. Don't know what to do. They're screaming. The crew's worried. Yeah, this happened on the Real Housewives of New York. 
So if I thought, if someone thought, you know, I was just making it up, I can show them this clip that happened on the show and, and the stories from the various women who were on the boat who thought, hey, this might not, you know, end out, end good for us. <laughs> this, this might be the way I die. So at least we knew that we weren't crazy or that it was just some sort of fluke that this happened. This is the way that it is. And I think the people that sell these excursions should let people know. And it seems like maybe, I don't know, it just seems like if enough people complained about it, you know, people wouldn't go. But people are complaining about it in these places where you complain about things and people are still going. And then I'm a part of a travel group, the Nomadness Travel Tribe. And I told I told folks, I was like, look, why didn't anybody tell me about everybody in this group's gone to Cartagena? Everybody's gone to Cartagena. You know, it's a very popular destination in this group. It's like, how come nobody's ever talked about this? And I recounted our experience on this boat ride and people started to chime in with similar stories about their scary, nightmarish experiences on these boats. And one lady said she broke her toe. She had to go to the hospital. She had to get an ambulance. One lady's, she took her mom on a boat or to the Rosario Islands. Well, she brought her to Cartagena for her like 70th birthday. And they went on this excursion to Rosario Islands. And how it spooked her elderly mom out and how she said she cussed everybody out. She said, I cussed everybody out when I got off the bus, the boat. So to hear these things validated our thoughts and emotions, but it also enraged us a little bit. It's like, no, like they have to do better. Like that's people shouldn't people should have the choice to decide if they're going to endure in that type of thing or not. So that's our story. I mean, we're alive. It was a bizarre trip. There were some other bizarre things that occurred while we were in Cartagena. And like I said, we were overall underwhelmed by Cartagena. That doesn't mean it's a place that you shouldn't visit. In fact, the people that are a part of these travel groups that I'm in speak in super glowing terms about Cartagena. I mean, it's it's romanticized within this group. People make sure that they go there like once and twice a year. Like it's a very, very popular destination amongst the group. I don't share that affinity that they do. It's a bit perplexing to me that they have such a strong, what I would call maybe an amorous connection to Cartagena. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't see anything that warranted those type of feelings. But again, all this stuff is subjective. Some people like certain things. Other people don't. For us, Cartagena it wasn't all that for us. And 
having this kind of experience definitely contributes, you know, let's face it, it sort of contributes to your perception. If you have an experience like that in a place, it's, you know, going to contribute to the way that you see a place. It's kind of hard to separate the experience that you had in a place from the perception overall that you have about a place. So that's just human nature. But I'm an avid traveler and I like to encourage folks to to go out and explore the world and go see, go have these experiences for yourself. And it also brings up the point too, when you, you know, I'm walking around here telling people to be adventurous. I'm telling people to take risks, reasonable ones, right? I'm telling people to Go out there and have this once in a lifetime experience. Go find your once in a lifetime experience. Shake it up. I mean, that's really the foundation of what it is I'm doing with the podcast. But what's also important to realize is that when you do these things, there's 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 a risk sometimes. You know, you can find yourself in a situation where, again, you know, it's not what I would want for anyone, but where it may be dangerous for you. Um, it might, you know, your your safety may be in jeopardy. Uh, that's just kind of how it goes. Or you might be put in a super awkward position or things can happen. There's there's there are things that come with the territory when you are out here exploring the world. And I feel like this story is an example of what happens when you go out and take these risks that seem to be minor. Um, or there are also things that you don't anticipate that could happen because of your choice to go to a particular place or have a certain experience. So I think these stories are important here. Now, it's not going to deter me from doing the stuff that I like to do. But what it did teach me is that I will definitely thoroughly research things um, especially like when you're getting on a boat <laughs> in a foreign place, uh, you know, people have different countries may have different standards when it comes to the governing body that that regulates this kind of thing. You know, it, it would appear to me that anything goes in Colombia as it pertains to uh, these boats that take people to and fro the islands. Well, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up, but. Uh, thanks again for rocking out with me. Maybe that's the wrong choice of words. I don't think we rocked out. This wasn't a, a rocking kind of conversation, but thanks for chilling with me and listening to my story, listening to this anecdote, and hopefully it'll be useful and helpful for you, uh, in the future in some way. So take care and I hope you have a splendid day. Bye.